Welcome to Corpus Christi Anglican Church. I'm Morgan, our planting clergy. Our vision of this church is to become a common people in common prayer for uncommon transformation. This podcast is where you will hear our sermons and other teachings that have happened at Corpus Christi. We primarily serve the region of Springfield, Franconia, and Kingstown. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for taking time to listen. Here's the message. Well, welcome once again. My name again is Father Ryan Betway, and uh, I'm excited to be looking today at Romans 8, verses 18 through 25, if you're interested in reading along with us. And the text for today um, covers uh, a, a number of topics, but one in which we're going to be exploring is facing forward, straining toward eternal glory. The story of the high jump final in the 2020, which later became the 2021 Olympics um, because of COVID as an aside, but the 2021 Tokyo Olympics uh, high jump final for the men captivated the world but it almost never happened. Gian Marco Timberi of Italy and Mustas Essa Barshim of Qatar both suffered excruciating injuries in the previous few years. Timberi tore ankle ligaments in his last competition before the 2016 Rio Olympic Games, which prevented him from jumping in those Olympics to pursue his Olympic dream, while Bashim, uh, while Barshim tore his ankle tendon uh, in an early 2018 attempt at a world record, casting doubt that he would make it back to full strength in time to compete in the Tokyo Olympic Games. You see, for both of them, their chances at Olympic gold seemed remote except for the terrible road of recovering from their injuries just to get back into the position where they could compete again. With no promise, they would ever achieve the heights their previous talent suggested. Suffering through days, weeks, months, even years of physical therapy required focused forward-focused patience for these two competitors to compete again for their Olympic glory. Similarly, today in our passage, the Apostle Paul calls us to a forward-focused patience. In this passage, Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 25, uh, it's setting in contrast the sufferings of the present time with the glory to be revealed in eternity. And we find in this passage our calling to a forward-facing longing toward eternal glory. A forward-facing longing toward eternal glory. And want us to notice two temptations this calling requires us to combat before we can properly live into the Christian life as Paul describes it here in this passage. Notice first, this calling tethers us to the present moment, pushing back against any temptation to merely dismiss our temporal sufferings as insignificant. You might think at first that that's what 
Paul is communicating here, but it's in fact not. Look in verse 18. He says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. We're called in the here and now to ask the question, how can I best love God and love my neighbor as myself? We can think of sufferings Paul refers to here as the groaning to love God and our neighbor while still living in a fallen world. At the beginning of this passage, we, uh, in this verse we just read, we see the proposition from Paul calling the Roman church to consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory to be revealed to us. You know, a few weeks ago, Father Morgan delivered his sermon on Romans 6, where he called us to uh, pay attention to this same term translated here as to consider, meaning to consider or, or to reckon, to account for our lives. And the image that he used then works really well here as well. The, the idea of accounting as in a bank account. Saving up to buy something is a really painful process. See, I remember a few years ago, back when Christy and I were preparing to buy our first house. And we had a goal to save up a certain amount toward a, toward a house by a certain time. And over the course of the next year or so, I think I checked our savings account and our like I, I looked at a spreadsheet literally every single day. And, and, and if I'm being really transparent with you, it was probably more like 18 to 25 times a day. I went in and I checked box H79 of the spreadsheet named our one house savings uh, spreadsheet so many times working and reworking the numbers and equations of this Excel sheet to find this missing $1.18 from our bottom line. It hurt. It costs money, but it also costs time and attention to tiny details. It, it didn't even, I didn't even fully understand the, the details or, or like what it, all went into buying this house, but it also costs emotions. It costs conversations. It costs so much of my thought process, all simply to account for this one goal that I had for my savings. You see, in a similar way, the Christian life is one where we do take account for the ways that Christ calls us to sacrifice for the gospel, to live into loving God and loving our neighbor, doing so in light of eternal glory, a glory to come when Jesus returns and we receive our full inheritance in redeemed bodies, which are of infinite value compared to our current sufferings. See, it does cost something to be a Christian in this life. Choosing to make those day after day, hour after hour, minute by minute decisions to turn to Jesus costs us something. It costs you something just to be here today with us, worshiping 
and listening for the creation waits and groans with eager longing. The alternative temptation is to become so consumed with our present sufferings and groanings that we become resentful or disillusioned with the Christian, the Christian life here and now instead of opting for the narrow way that Jesus calls us to, we opt for a different, perhaps less painful route of our own choosing. While recovering from his injury in 2016, the Italian jumper I mentioned early, Tambiri, uh, became so discouraged that he almost gave up this grueling daily physical therapy that he was seeking out and that he had to endure in order to recover fully from his injury. Instead, instead of giving up, however, he, he, he wanted to persist. He wanted to pursue his dreams, his Olympic dreams. So on the, ta- on the cast of his leg that he was wearing right after his injury, he wrote the words Tokyo 2020, which, by the way, he, he later crossed out 2020 and wrote 2021 on it because, again, it was delayed for an entire year. But on that cast, he kept it every day in front of him to remind him of the goal ahead that day after day, all of the things that were going into him to recover just to get back to the point he was before to compete, he was suffering towards his goal. He knew it would be difficult, excruciating, and that there was no promise ahead for him. And he even took that cast that he wore for months and set it down in front of him on the finish uh, on the, the starting line of the high jump during the finals competition just to remind him this moment is the moment that all of the pain and suffering that I took has been has been uh, pointing towards this moment is my chance at Olympic glory. Brothers and sisters, in the same way we should write the eternal glory of God across our collective casts, our collective chests, seeing our sufferings in this age in relationship to the eternal glory of God as of no account to remind us that our day after day choosing to, uh, to choose Jesus over the uh, temptations that we face to take another path, that it is pointing to a promised glory ahead. The creation that we live in now, our very bodies, our very lives in the world around us is subjected to fertility and it has been groaning and we too groan. Not that there is a literal groaning from the rocks and the hills as the prophets have so aptly put it and portrayed uh, of creation worshiping, but Paul uses this notion to distinguish between the current age, which he mentions in verse 18, And what is to come, not just a new age, but a redeemed creation in glory, everlasting. 
a glory including our own redeemed bodies and redeemed creation in the age to come, in glory to come. Pastor and theologian Eugene Peterson says it like this. Insistent encouragement is given by many voices today for living a better life. I welcome the encouragement, but the counsel that accompanies the encouragement has introduced no end of mischief into our society, and I am in strenuous opposition to it. The counsel is that we can arrive at our full humanness by gratifying our desires. It has been a recipe for misery for millions. The biblical counsel in these matters is clear. Not my will, but thine be done. But how do I guide people to deny self without having to misunderstand as in, to without having that misunderstood as encouraging them to be doormats on which others wipe their feet? To grow in excellence and to live selflessly, at the same time to lose self and to find self. It is paradoxical, but it is not impossible. You see, the orientation of our lives is how Christ makes possible the paradox of groaning inwardly while rejoicing outwardly, giving Christian people everything to gain as we lose ourselves for God's glory in Christ. This idea that we see here is that the Christian life is a forward-facing, leaving what is behind, behind, that we have turned to Jesus and away from any other temptation, any other way. A forward-facing straining toward the glory of God in Christ. And like the runner, like the athlete, we too persist and we continue through the finish line. As verse 25 calls it a position of patience. Well, that sounds really boring, to be honest. Patience, waiting. I'm supposed to look forward to the eternal glory of God by waiting. Well, waiting for what? Require, the, the, this position of patience, though, is, is not merely waiting in, in the sense of we, we're, we're not doing anything with our hands and we're just staring at the sky waiting for something to happen. But instead, it requires us to inwardly and outwardly demonstrate that sure, confident hope that we know something is coming. You see, saving for a house means someday we'll hold the the keys. Training through injury means someday we know we may well be able to compete again. Groaning inwardly for the glory of God to be revealed in this life means having the confidence that we have when we place our hope in Jesus It is based on a coming glory of our eternal God in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
This hope is not the same hope that we have in a temporal age when we elect a president here in the United States or when a ruler or royalty reigns for a certain number of years, perhaps even decades, or even century-long dynasties in, in regions throughout the world. You see, it's, it's much more than that. The hope of Jesus is different. It's not merely a promise of a new age, but it's the promise of the glory of God. With Christ, our hope is in him as we persist. Thy will be done, not my will be done. Tambiri and Barshim did compete in the 2021 Tokyo Games. And as they had hoped, they both competed at the top of their abilities. In fact, both of them were able to jump higher than any other athlete that day on the finals of the high jump. Um, they, they, they were both able to jump uh, up to a certain height that no, no other athlete was able to get to, uh, but neither of them was able to get the, the next, get up to the next level uh, on their three tries that they were allowed. And so at the end of, uh, after Tambiri missed his last jump, the, they got together with the Olympic official who was overseeing the event and assuming that they were going to be taking a, um, they were going to be coming together to do a jump off. And Barshim uh, and, and Tambiri uh, were standing there with the official and, and Barshim looked at the official and said, um, as he, the official was explaining what they were going to do uh, about the jump off, uh, Barshim uh, interrupted him and said, is it possible for us to have two golds? And the Olympic official looked at him and said, well, Yes, it is, but you'll have to agree to that. And Barshim and, and Timbiri, who were who both friends, who had supported each other through their, uh, their therapy and through their recovery, who had competed against each other for years, who, who attended one another's weddings, and, and were not just competitors, but also friends and encouragers of each other's competitive spirit, Barshim turned to Tambiri and said, let's make history, my friend. And Tambiri jumped into his arms like a child leaping into Santa Claus's lap on Christmas morning. The joy of the moment that they both were able to take home the gold. They both were able to achieve the promise of their dreams. This is the hope we have in Jesus. Our hope is in him each time that we pray, thy will be done, not my will be done. Yes, we die a tiny death of self each time so that he may be glorified in us, knowing our confident hope is in him and it is revealing to us and to the world the hope that we have in Jesus transcends our own temporal sense 
of time and place as we place that hope in the hands of an eternal God, a God who resurrected Jesus from the dead and promises to to resurrect all of our tiny deaths from the dead to display the glory that is to come when we are revealed together as children and heirs of God. Let us pray. Holy Father, we thank you and we praise you for the chance we have to pray thy will be done here on earth just as it is in heaven. I pray we would pray together today and each in our hearts throughout the coming week that your will would be done. Lord, teach us to pursue this dedication of ourselves and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.